The other week, I stepped in for one of our upper GI surgical colleagues to teach some of our students about the anatomy of the gallbladder. It's been a while since I've thought about this area in any real depth, and I'd forgotten how satisfyingly organised this area of anatomy really is. A network of plumbing with some real adaptations and some very important clinical relevance. Today, I plan to share my rejuvenated appreciation for this wonderful system. So the questions for an introductory voyage into this area I think we should address are what is bile? What is the function of the gallbladder? And how does the biliary tree function into all of this? In essence, we're going to chat about the basic anatomy of the gallbladder and the biliary tree. Bile is a green to yellow coloured fluid that is synthesised in the liver and is ultimately used in the duodenum with a function of aid in digestion. Picture the sorts of colours you wouldn't want to paint your bathroom and you get the colour of bile. I imagine bile green is not a bestseller from the paint retailers. To add specifics to its function, bile is used in the GI tract to emulsify fats, breaking down our food into smaller globules to increase the surface area that enzymes can work upon it. It is produced by the hepatocytes or liver cells and it passes down a network of increasing diameter tubes called the biliary tract where it enters the duodenum or small bowel. Bile is mostly water but also has bile salts, fats and some electrolytes. Its fantastic colour we just mentioned comes from the presence of bilirubin which itself is the breakdown product of all red blood cells or specifically the heme part of haemoglobin. Variations of this chemical also make your blood red, your urine yellow and your faeces brown making it our body's true artist palette. A failure to remove this chemical through bile secretion causes distortions in the colours of the aforementioned bodily fluids. Picture pale stools, dark urine, a classic yellow hue to the skin and sclera of your eyes. This latter sign we term jaundice and this is most commonly caused by a blockage somewhere in the bile drainage system that we're about to discuss. Do you like that seamless segue into the drainage system or biliary tree? Now I'm going to mention a load of tubes here that bile uses to drain into the small bowel. Each has a different name, but ultimately they are continuing length of tubing. People often mislabel these tubes, so see if you can draw them on a scrap piece of paper as we go along. Starting in the liver, on a microscopic level, the very small tubes that drain bile are called biliary cannuliculi. Thousands of these merge together to form progressively enlarging bile ductules, and these drain into a right and left hepatic duct from the corresponding right and left lobes of the liver. These exit the liver through the porta hepatis, which translates to the liver door, which we'll talk about in the future. Now, the two hepatic ducts join together to form the common hepatic duct, and this duct runs inferiorly away from the liver. After a short distance of around 4 centimetres, another tube called the cystic duct joins the biliary tree here. This tube comes from the adjacent cyst-like organ called the gallbladder, which of course we will come back to. However, sticking with the main tube in for now, after the cystic and common hepatic duct join together, the duct again changes its name. We now term this tube the bile duct, which is more commonly referred to as the common bile duct by clinicians. And it is this tube that finally passes bile into the duodenum. However, there's more to it than that. Where the common bile duct drains into the duodenum, at this last length of tubing, we also see yet another tube draining into it, this time from the pancreas, called the pancreatic duct. This meeting point is eponymously called the ampulla of vata, or the hepatopancreatic ampulla, to give it its contemporary name. It is important to note this differs from the name given to the opening that drains into the duodenum itself. This we term the major duodenal papilla. It is a minor one, but it's only present in around 10% of people, so we'll skip over that for now. Right, you'll be glad to hear that's the tubing done. 
If this was a video, I would edit in a visual word counter for the number of times I say the word tube. Now let's get back to the gallbladder. Bile is a metabolically expensive substance and it is only really needed when you ingest a fatty meal. So bile doesn't simply just pass down the biliary tree and out. Oh no. Instead, it is stored and becomes concentrated in our cystic friend we mentioned earlier, the gallbladder. The gallbladder then is a pear-shaped hollow storage organ that can be found on the inferior surface of the liver, in the right upper quadrant of the abdomen, and it causes no end of problems for some people, but we will get to that. But before we do, let's talk about how bile secretion is controlled. There are two muscular structures in the biliary system that control as and when bile is secreted. The first can be found just prior to the opening of the major duodenal papilla, and this ring of muscle is fantastically called the sphincter of Oddi. His less exciting contemporary name is the hepatopancreatic sphincter, but I prefer Oddi. The second adaptation we see can be found in the cystic duct, where spirals of mucosa termed the spiral valves of Heister also control bile's release from the gallbladder. When a fatty substance enters the upper GI tract, hormones such as cholecystokinin are released, and only then do the sphincters relax and bile is secreted, producing an on-demand supply of bile. Okay, I'm going to run over, but let's add some clinical bits. A drawback to bile being concentrated in the gallbladder is the precipitation of bile salts to form gallstones, a process termed cholelithiasis, and this is a common problem. 50% of people with gallstones are asymptomatic, but when a stone blocks a narrowing in one of the tubes, then the patient may experience a band of abdominal pain in the right upper quadrant, and this is classically after eating fatty foods. We turn this pattern of pain biliary colic, and if the gallbladder subsequently becomes inflamed, we turn this cholecystitis. Now, the presence of gallstones in the biliary tree can dilate the tubes, making a bacterial infection more likely to ascend from the opening in the duodenum. This we call ascending cholangitis, or acute cholangitis, which is characterised by right upper quadrant pain, fever, jaundice and raised inflammatory markers, and this is a medical emergency. Finally, an obstructing stone in the ampulla ovata may result in the stasis of exocrine secretions from the pancreas, causing another potentially life-threatening condition, pancreatitis. And all of these clinical issues are the reason that removal of the gallbladder termed a cholecystectomy is one of the most common performed operations worldwide. So in summary, bile is a fluid synthesised by the liver, stored and concentrated in the gallbladder, and secreted into the duodenum, where it emulsifies fatty foods. It passes down a network of tubes, termed the biliary tree, and its secretion is controlled by hormone release. There are unfortunately numerous examples of where this process goes wrong, with gallstones often the underlying cause. Thanks a lot for listening. My name is Chris Summers, and catch you next time on Dissectable Me. Final message from Editing Chris. In five minutes, I said the word tube a record 12 times. That is 2.4 tubes per minute. I wonder if we'll ever beat that in a future podcast. I'm looking at you, kidneys.